0: But take courage, Paul says. None of you will lose your life, even though the ship's going to go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong. It's one of my favorite lines in Scripture. To whom I belong and whom I serve. We not only belong to God, but we serve God. Can you say amen? Stood beside me and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. Amen. Once more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. Look at your neighbor and say, take courage. Paul says, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. But P.S., we're going to be shipwrecked on an island. (laughs) Don't you love God's P.S.? We're going to all survive, but we're going to shipwreck first. Amen. Would you put one hand on your heart? Father, we thank you for every Temecula in Scripture. We thank you for every point in our life that the sun breaks through the mist. Holy Spirit, I invite you to speak to your people. I thank you for that which you've helped me to prepare. I thank you for your anointing and your strong hand I sense. But more than that, I depend upon your ability to whisper into your children's ears what you want them to hear. Even what I do not say, I surrender and bow down before you, Spirit. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Um, there was a, a young lady in the Olympics, um, the last Olympics, and I don't know if you saw her parents. Um, being filmed but this was her parents watching her routine we're going to bring it up for you Um, it was hilarious they knew the routine so well that it went viral and as they watched it and it's still a viral hit and here they are watch them if you missed it and they're watching their daughter on the high bar you see them there's no sound they're just watching and there might be some music there they are has to sit down, he's exhausted. Mother and son give a high five and then it, I think, goes on a little bit. And there they go again. <laughs> you can almost feel their anguish. like watching a movie in 3d come on somebody there you have it don't you love it well, my cousin that runs the foundation house um posted that this week what I'm reminded of and she said this is me watching my children from toddler into adulthood to see if they're going to survive <laughs> and in the truth um, but i think that is often what we feel and in this story of acts 27 that's what you feel to 28 It's like he's not going to make it there. Well, he is going to make it there. High five. But then something else. How many feel like life is that way? And that's you watching your life. Come on. But let me assure you, heaven is not intense like that. I remember driving in California at the age of 16. Interestingly enough, I don't know why my daddy let me drive. He was speaking in Northern California. There's a certain part I didn't know, and he would kind of dozed off in the seat beside me that you hid in intense fog in the mountains. Why? Daddy, I asked him Friday, did you ever let me drive in the California mountains? Daddy, at midnight, he said, honey, because that's the only way you're ever going to learn, right? And I'm driving, and all of a sudden, the fog just rolled in so deep. I said, Daddy, Daddy, wake up, Daddy. And he said, what is it, what is it? I said, Daddy, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And he said, pull over, baby, pull over. And he got in the driver's seat. The fog was so deep. Have you ever been in fog so deep like that you cannot see Guess what? There are times in life that things roll in that we feel like, I can't see through this thing. But guess what? God always has a Temecula where the sun breaks through the mist and the sun breaks through the fog. And all of a sudden that season you couldn't see, you begin to see. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise for that. And in this, there's several days of rough sailing. If I led, read every line to you, Tiffany, of what they encountered. Struggled with the coast. Great difficulty. Weather dangerous. Then a typhoon, a northeasterner came in. Blew the ship to the sea. Then blew the ship back somewhere else. Then gale winds. Then they put the cargo overboard. And then verse 20 says, a terrible storm raged for days blotting out the sun and the stars until all hope was gone. But how many know in moments that we feel like all hope is gone, God reminds us that hope is not hope at all unless hope continues to believe in moments that seem hopeless. Someone say amen. Now I came here to preach so you're going to have to wake up this morning. Sometimes I teach but I'm just going to tell you I'm high gear this morning so just get ready. Look at your neighbor and say get ready and get alive. God spoke to Paul and he said you are not going to perish And neither. I mean, while he's down in the belly of the ship, he's a prisoner, mind you. And he's with 274 other people. And God says, you are not going to perish. God encourages Paul. Paul steps up into the midst of what looks like anguish and encourages everybody. And if you want to know something today, that is what God has called you to do. Heaven always moves in. We can't define it. We can't describe it. We can't always see it. And I always say... What we can see pales in comparison to what we cannot see because heaven is always moving in the earth. God pulls back the veil and gives us screenshots, if it were, of when heaven encourages. When Elijah was depressed running from Jezebel saying he wanted to die, an angel fed him by the brook and an angel gave him raven and gave him manna and an angel said the journey is too much but God's going to encourage you when Daniel was in captivity and Daniel was struggling with God for so many things and Gabriel and Michael were in a head uh, head grasp with Satan himself in the heavenlies you know the story there was Gabriel the great reveloit revelator trying to get the message to heaven and he found himself in a wrestling match And all of a sudden Gabriel said God sent Michael the war angel and he just grabbed Lucifer and Gabriel went. I'm going to tell you there are delays just like the doctor's office that you encounter in life but you never know how heaven is fighting for you. And when the angel came to Daniel he said Daniel you are greatly loved by God. Don't count the delays on your calendars brothers and sisters to think you are not loved because heaven will get the message to you. Someone say amen And then there's Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. He is dropping sweats of blood. He is asking God to let that cup pass. There is nothing wrong with you saying to God, I hate what I'm having to drink of right now. I hate what I'm having to walk through right now. Jesus said it himself, but an angel came and strengthened Jesus. I would love to know, Tara, what that angel said. I would love to know the words he whispered, Keith. All I know is he gave Jesus strength strength to stand up and go all the way to the cross we don't know what heaven encouraged Moses with when he had to stand before Pharaoh we don't know what heaven encouraged Joseph with as he was accused in a pit in prison we don't know but all we know is that heaven came and encouraged we know in Haggai 2 and 4 to a group of people who had little resources if you've ever been at a time you think you've got less strength at 56 I feel that way I'm not a 20 year old anymore you have less strength that you had if you feel like you've got less money in your account or less resources or less people to help you. Five, 20 years before B.C., before Christ, there was a word that came to Jewish exiles who did not have adequate resources who were trying to rebuild the kingdom of God, but they got overwhelmed at the less and the lack and their tiredness and their weariness instead of being proud that their work represented a turning point and a new season and all of a sudden the Lord said through Haggai take courage and work for I am with you and the glory that you will see will be the glory from my own hand oh somebody give heaven a praise there's times you wake up in the morning and you don't know how you got through the night you went through something that other people say, I don't know how you go through it. I'm going to tell you something in case you've never been through something. Grace is on the people going through it. That's why you can't imagine going through what others go through. Because heaven pushes in on the people going through. I remember Maggie Woods sitting at a nail shop a couple years ago with a woman that, that had a terrible accident happen to her whole family. And Maggie texts me, I find myself wanting to go sit next to her. She said, heaven is radiating off of her soul strongly. The glory of God is on her so strongly. I just want to go rub shoulders with her. I'm going to tell you that's what I thought about my daughter Courtney when she saw her husband graduate to heaven. Heaven was so strong on her. People just wanted to get next to her. I'll tell you right now what you don't know. Zephaniah 3 and 17 says that even when you don't realize that the Lord your God in your midst he'll quiet you. He'll rejoice over you. he will quiet your fears he will calm them he will rejoice over you with singing he will bring gladness that means like a mother with a newborn baby that won't stop crying that mother begins to sing sometimes God sings the song to me he first sang when we first came into this city the Lord thy God in the midst of thee He's mighty, He's so mighty. And I'll hear Him sing that in my spirit. And I know that the mighty one has come to save and to remind me and to remind you whatever you are going through, the Lord thy God is in the midst of you. Somebody give Him a shout of praise this morning. And it says in verse 33, as darkness gave way to early light, and Paul encouraged them, Paul gave them a word of encouragement. Paul said, eat, because not even a hair on your head is going to perish. Dear God, that's good news to all of us that want to grow more hair. Come on, somebody. He broke bread and gave thanks, and everyone was encouraged on the ship. 274 people were encouraged by a prisoner. 274 people were encouraged by someone that heaven encouraged. When heaven encouraged you, there is a reason. I'm telling you something right now. It says that the crew lightened up. I, mean, I think you need to lighten up? <laughs> the crew lightened up. They threw things overboard, and they began to come into a rest. Matthew 11, I quoted over myself, Miss Jessica, at the end of my devotions Thursday morning as I swang out with a cat. Come on, somebody. And the birds were chirping, and my neighbors were smoking behind me. It's a beautiful thing people. But as I was sitting there, I quoted over myself. Rhonda, you are going to rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. He says in Matthew 11... That he is humble and gentle. He says, ask me to teach you how your yoke, how your burden can be easy and light. There is a rest for the people of God. It is in the finished work of Jesus Christ himself. Somebody give him a praise this morning. They started heading for shore. And all of a sudden, the ship broke up even worse. They had had a couple of Temeculas, but then the fog rolled in again. You ever been there? I've been there. We will be there again because this is a fallen world. The ship began to break apart. And uh, the way they survived, um, which actually was on planks and pieces of boards to the other side. Once safely ashore, they were on an island called Malta. Everyone say Malta. Now, ironically, the island Malta means a place of refuge. But let me tell you, it says it was so cold, the islanders were trying to help them. So here is Paul, man of God. On his way to appeal to Caesar, great missionary of the faith, as a prisoner, mind you, landing at Malta. You see, where they were going was somewhere else. Paul had told them, if we continue along this journey, the ship is going to break up. Paul had tried to warn them, but it's amazing how, even though they didn't heed, and this is for somebody in this room, even though they didn't heed the warning, God came in and brought a Temecula. Is he not mighty? Is he not powerful? Who among you in this room... Have not overlooked a warning from the Lord at one time, another in your life. And they didn't. They didn't heed the warning. And yet, but God said, I'm going to spare you. But see, they were going. And geographically, if I had all my maps out here, which I love. And if I put them up here, I could show you where they were going, but where they landed. Have you ever thought you were going somewhere, but your circumstance had been something else temporarily? You encounter a circumstance you thought you would never encounter. You didn't see it. Cold means no warmth. Circumstances they didn't think they would ever encounter. Um, Paul and and these other people found themselves in an unfamiliar once the unfamiliar 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 place where people speak an unfamiliar language I mean, it's very cool to travel the nations of the world if you have an interpreter But here they are with unfamiliar people and it's a small place. Someone say small place place. They're at a small place And here they are and and I often like to visualize and I've preached a little bit off this through the years this chapter love In fact, one time I preached it so much. We all we would say to each other just shake it off We'll get to that in a minute But here they are, and when they land on the island, I just know how people talk, Chris. 276 people get off this boat, and you know the word spread. You see that man right there? That man right there heard from God and told us we would not die. Not one of us. And here we are. This is where the hashtag Paul's a God began to occur. Come on, somebody. This is when everyone said, I need a selfie with that man. Come on now. There are moments in your life that God will use you and things will be so glorious. Oh, the places you go. That in that moment, the hashtag will be, isn't he wonderful? Isn't she amazing? Aren't they perfect? At this moment, everybody wanted to get their selfie with the Apostle Paul. I love it in the back of the Thompson Chain Bible when I was a young student of the Word that the Lord showed me, they, that the way the Thompson chain does it, it's, I won't go into the whole thing, but it shows you everything Jesus did, and it breaks it into categories. So it breaks into these categories, the year of favor, the, years of fa- the year of favor, because it was three years, the year of opposition, the year of ultimate rejection. And I love that because you will have that. Look at your neighbor and say, you will have that. You will have that. And there he is, on Malta, and they're just thinking he's a God. I mean, they're just thinking he is so awesome at this moment what paul could have done i mean jessica he just heard from god he just said none of them are going to perish even though i mean like they're in the middle of worse than a hurricane we don't have time to tell you how bad this was but everyone has survived i mean mind you riding on little planks to the shore but they made it someone said they made it and it's a wonder that he did not begin susan to all of a sudden write a book i am the man who heard from heaven come sit here and i'll have my people call your people come on somebody I'll be here all day, people, all day long, taking your autographs. Here I am. Isn't it, a moment, isn't it funny how we start to write about things not done yet, both ways, bad and good. Can someone say amen? amen. I'll be here all day, people. Have your people call my people. I am Paul. Oh, that's who I am. Just line up, you little peons. But know what he does is he begins to gather sticks. Everyone say sticks. And he takes these sticks and he begins to help build a fire because it's just that cold. He knows God has an assignment there. Even though the gale wind blew him, even though a bad thing happened, we often want to know the reason why things happen. People, get in line. Don't look for the reason. Look for the revelation. The reason will not come. When this baby was born with a de- congenital heart defect, I tore my mind up for nine weeks asking God why, why my daughter was born with congenital defect. General heart defect. Why? Finally, Jesus just said, I'm going to give you a reason, but I'm going to give you myself. Is that enough? Jesus gave me the revelation. We spend our time asking why, but the revelation, and here he is. He goes in there, and he's helping, and he's serving, and all of a sudden, a snake comes out of the fire and fastens itself on Paul's arm. Fastens means to hold on. Everyone say, hold on. So here he is with the arm up here. Paul, the Lord had already told him, Paul, you will suffer many things and you will stand before kings. But here he is. And guess what? The Bible says all, everyone say all, the people are looking at him. He's standing there with a snake attached to him. This man that just heard from heaven, this man, and we ask, is this evil or good? Why can't it be both? Joseph said what the enemy intended for evil, my God has turned to good. Romans 8 and 26 says, for I know he causes, he does not originate, but he causes all things to work together for good of those that love him and serve him. And here he's standing. Here is in modern day language when the hashtags change from he's a God to he's a murderer. They begin to say among themselves, he's a murderer. There's no maybe about it. At least they could have said a maybe, but they said, "You know what? I'm telling you, he's a murderer now." You see they begin to draw conclusions. What if they had Facebook live that Austin and forgot to do part 2? Come on somebody. What if they had Facebook live with a snake attached to his hand and forgot to tell you that in the next episode he loosens the snake? Don't you give up on your And don't you give up on others God is writing your story It's epic God knows how to weave the bad into good Don't stop and camp Where God is simply taking you through Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise And I'll tell you what he didn't do, Gene He didn't go on Facebook to fight everybody that was saying he was This has nothing to do with me or anything else I'm just trying to make this modern terminology I'm just trying to take it to where we live today you see, he didn't go on there to try to fight. I'm, there's so many trolls. Don't even read news articles. Jessica, Jessica, what's your name? Jackie. Jackie and I were talking about how people commenting on Fox News articles is horrible. I mean, I won't even read their statements anymore about our president, about our government, about your red hair, about your blue hair. People have no life and so they're taking their life to the internet. There are trolls that will troll anybody and everybody and somebody. You need to turn them off. Come on somebody. You need to not Read it. But what if somebody had been trolling him? What if somebody said, I told you it's murder? I knew when we were on that ship. I knew when that fourth gale wind came in, there was something about him. I'm telling you, I knew it right then. I mean, they're hashtagging all the way to the end of the world. And the bathroom wall is the internet. Of the 21st century. But what they didn't know. Was what Paul had already recorded in 2nd Corinthians 6. I love this. We. He's talking about ministers. Leadership. Anyone that works for Jesus. The kingdom of God. We have faithfully preached the truth. God's power has been working us. We have righteousness as our weapon. Both to attack and to defend ourselves, That means you don't need to defend yourself. You let the righteousness of God defend you. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. Whether they slander us, no, I didn't write this, or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are well-known, but they treat us as unknown and no value. We live close to death, but here we are still alive. We've been beaten within an inch of our life. Our heart aches, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to everyone. And we own nothing, yet we have everything. That's a person that has a perspective on what we own in Jesus Christ. Someone give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay tuned. I told the Lord recently, Chris, I'm not going to watch Fox anymore. Because if I just don't watch it for three days, they'll work this thing out. I don't need to know or one of their stinking opinions. I mean, unless it's Greg Gutfield, we might want to hear him occasionally. Um, I don't even want to hear their opinions anymore unless they're making fun. Because it's going to change because they're going to count everyone out. And in three days, they're going to come back up. And it's kind of like you. But I want to tell you something. Paul, listen to me, shook it off before it could get inside of him. we got to learn to shake things off before they get in us. The snake bit him and the venom would have gone straight to destroy him. When bitterness bites you, shake it off before it gets in you. When rejection bites you, shake it off before it gets in you. Shake it off. There's a girl in the scripture in the Old Testament. Her name's Tamar. There's two different Tamars. This is King David's son. Her brother horribly violated her. He had it so bad for his own sister. And at that day and age, that meant just the end. But her brother Absalom, who Absalom is like synonymous with not the good guy either. But I've had some not so good people to say things to me in my life. I remember someone at Alabama camp meeting saying to me, when I was divorced and a young man said, I'm training to be a preacher and I can't be seen with you because you're divorced. He said, "Um, I'll meet you after service. I was such an idiot. I had not yet been healed. Thank you. <laughs> but um, that I probably was going to do that. And another guy who was, has gone on to be a great minister, and I saw him recently and told him this story, and he said, man, that must have been my one moment of heaven. But he comes up to me. We'd grown up to children. He didn't even know, but he took my hand, and he looked me in the eye, and he said, Rhonda, I know you've been through some stuff. But, Rhonda, remember who you are. You're Cecil Giles' daughter. He was state youth director of this state. He's one of the foremost people, and you're here letting someone treat you like trash, saying they'll meet you afterwards because you're so damaged goods. He said, remember, you're a daughter of God. Then after he said that, he just walked away. Like he said, it was just my one moment. But something inside of me said... And it held me for three more years until God healed me. You see, because Tamar, the the bad thing is Absalom, this is so powerful. He said to her, Tamar, I know this horrible thing has happened to you. That you are a king's daughter. You belong to King David. All of his garments have been given to you. This is his palace. It doesn't even matter if people look upon you as damaged. You come from the royal line of Judah. Tamar, let it go. Let it go, Tamar. But she did, and the Bible said she lived barren and grievous until her death. Hallelujah. May the Spirit of the Lord speak to each of us to learn to shake off that which bites us which we can get past because we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Our royal robes are from Jehovah and Jehovah alone. We come from a lineage of a royal blind of Jesus Christ. Someone give him praise this morning. It says they watched Paul and they waited for him to swell up and die. They thought he would die. Let me hear how fast the hashtags go. I'm going to tell you something. I tell young ministers I'm training don't be don't be called into people's applause cuz the same ones that say they can't live without you will walk away from you do not get your opinion of yourself from people or other things you have one to please and his name is god if you let people tell you who you are. If you let people encourage you, encouragement is one thing, but if you let people try to say things to you and you build up and seek their approval, you look to God for your approval. You let God tell you who he is in you and he will show others who he is in you as well. Shake it off before it gets inside of you or you will die with that thing dangling from your body and your spirit. Shake it off and move forward. What I love is that Paul did not look to the committee island to vote him in. He did not ask everyone, is that snake is in here? What are the people of Malta say? I mean, he did not poll the audience. He did not hashtag a friend. He did not private Facebook. What do you think I should do? What do y'all think I should do? What does he think I should do? What do we think I should do? He did it. He had enough of God in him. And this is what matters. And this is when you know as a parent, your children are gonna go through some stuff. But when you raise them in the, the works of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, in the faith of God, they may go through it. But eventually, they're gonna shake it off because they know Paul knew who he was in God, and he shook the snake off. Come on, somebody, he shook it off because the shook it off because the venom will destroy you. I'm gonna tell you something that was seems like to me like a 10 second Susan shake off. I wish every shake off in my life was 10 seconds. Are You with me, people? 10 seconds. That's all we're each given. 10 seconds. Dear God, I think I'm shook some things off for years. Anybody with me? Like, yeah, she was shaking that snake off for about 22 years. <laughs> well, I shook it off, and you still got yours, you ugly little thing. Okay, come on, somebody. <laughs> Just when go a little flesh there. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But we need the same absolute persistence in the process of however long it takes us to shake it off. No matter what anybody else says. This is the amazing thing, and Josh, if you'll come help me. I've, I still have a little while to, to venture, but I'm going to let him come start playing with me if that's okay. As he shook it off, the people began to say, he's a God. Are you seeing this little journey? Cheryl? don't forget it. He's a God, he heard from heaven. He's a murderer, a snake bit him. And then it goes to, he's a God again. You see what the people are saying? Yeah. Paul, and, and I told Susan, I can't even talk about Paul without weeping much less talk about myself without weeping. Um, that's why I love him. I love his words in Second Corinthians 6. We're treated as unknown, yet we are very known. What he was saying is he was known in the earth, but what he was saying to be known by heaven is what really matters. And he should go, off. well, they're, they're changing their opinion of him. And all of a sudden, Paul is invited. and This is where Temecula starts coming. Paul is invited to the chief official, Publius. There's your name, if you want to name your next child. And uh, he's the chief official of Malta. It says, we were welcomed in. God had told Paul that he would stand before kings, but that he would suffer. Here's the awesome thing. And I want you to miss this. This is so good. Doors will open for you and opportunities in your life. I'm going to have to say this later in one sentence on Facebook. Which will be a byproduct of the adversity you went through. Yeah. Doors are going to open for you because of what you went through. Paul is invited into the chief official's house. I think it was um, my friend Holly Wagner, an acquaintance of mine, not a friend, in California. Very well known, went through breast cancer, went through so much. But she said there's they pastor an amazing church in Southern California huge but just amazing in its work for prodigals. She said someone on the other side, it's selfish of us not to get through the battle because someone on the other side of our battle needs us. Someone is looking for you to show them how that mountain can be moved in your life. You were given that mountain. An opportunity is a byproduct. Uh, Josh, my nephew, Josh and Allie who's seen on Rattled, he's been seen on the Today Show. My sweet little baby boy, Josh. They were my first babies for headmother. I just love them. Um, But he's written a book, How My Wife's Cancer Healed Me. Sorry. And when Allie was going through cancer, my sister, in our private conversations, was saying, you know, as we were praying for us, sister, please pray for Josh. Because he's an awesome man of God, but he had struggled along his way on who he was. He's a preacher's kid, but he had struggled. He had never walked off into anything great, but what's great and what's not, just being in God is great should just pray that the man we've always known, hallelujah, he could be, he will emerge. And as I read his title of his book, they sent it to me months back, but it's just now come to release how my, how my Wife's Cancer Healed Me. One statement stood out to me. Mentoring is what happens when you turn around and you help someone behind you come through the fire without as much damage as you endure for all of us. Psalms 66 and 12 says, we went through the fire and the flood. Hallelujah. But she brought us out to a broad place, a place of abundance and refreshment. Isaiah 35 says, though the desert is rampant and it feels dry and without any rain and nothing beautiful, it said, I, the Lord, will cause it to rejoice. It will bloom and the glory of the Lord will be seen. And God goes on to say in Psalms, and Isaiah 35 says, and with this news, someone say this news with this news that every desert will bloom, that every mist will go and Temeculas will come. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands. Encourage those who have weak knees and say to those who are afraid, be strong, do not fear, for your God is coming. He will save you when He comes. You will see the glory of the Lord. We've all passed through some deserts, some wildernesses, my courtney being born with a congenital heart defect has opened many doors for me. My divorce and my remarriage and my husband's addiction has opened up many doors. I'd have never chosen any of those things, ever. Disease will open up doors for you that you had to pass through. Rejection. Divorce that you went through. Bankruptcy. All those things, rebuilding of your lives. Paul is in there and... He's with Publius, and all of a sudden he sees the puppy. Says, "Father is very sick with dysentery, and running a fever. And this is what I love, and I don't want you to miss it. It's like Paul said. Well, now that I'm here, who can I heal? Now that I'm here, where I didn't ever want to be, who can I heal? Who can I help? Who can I encourage?" Who can I strengthen? People contact me all the time. I'm just stalking your daughter all the time. People used say, I'm just stalking her. I just want to see the next thing she posts because her posts, they're just carrying me through life. I mean, I've just got to see it. And even though there's sorrow, and they weren't as close as we all have grieved through the loss. But you see, Paul was saying, oh, I've gone through much too much pain to not get the power from it. Come on, somebody. It may look like I'm stuck on Malta, but I've been stationed here for the glory of God. Ephesians 3 and 10, to the intent that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to principalities and powers and rulers in darkness and high places. Let me tell you, others may think you're stuck, but you're positioned. You're positioned to bring revival. Come on, somebody. At the Night of Hope, the Cleveland Daily Banner quoted me beautifully couldn't believe it marcus said they quoted you beautifully i said i know it because i told him what i said because the pastors had asked me to say something just spontaneously as some graduates were standing by me i said we pray for revival we seek god and we often think that's just people falling out the spirit or running around the town. that's all signs and people being safe but i said these people are alive and disease of of addiction did not take them out and I don't know if this is not revival what it is let me tell you God has positioned you in this church to see the glory of God can you say amen so I don't want you to miss this here it is the same hand that the snake had bit is the same hand that reaches out to Publius what bit you becomes that which you can bring healing to others the same hand And it says, all on the island came, everyone sick, and they were cured the same hand and as a result they loaded our ship up when we were done and showered us with honors to Mecula everyone say Temecula that which looks like would destroy them was that which was brought revival to a small island that which was hashtag he's a god he's a devil he's a god he's a devil became the very means that God brought healing to an island and even history chronicles this Malta was one of the first places That was converted to Christianity Because God said I've got this The mist is going to clear The sun is going to come out And there's a Temecula moment And what was intended for evil I the Lord will use for my glory Somebody praise him and I'm going to finish Come on Somebody praise him So here's you some Temecula moments if you want to listen and then we're going to rejoice. I went through scripture and only chose a few, very few, very, very, very few. Boy, I could have just done the whole word. Okay. Abraham, the mist and the fog of believing for a baby, believing for so many years that five chapters of the Bible have zero activity regarding his life. But then a Temecula, after years of believing at a hundred years old, he gets his Temecula and Isaac, the son is born and now we are called the children of Abraham. Someone say, Temecula. Come on. Temecula. Joseph falsely accused. Put in the pit. Put in the prison. Believed for 16 years that the dream that God had given him would say we can't even believe God for 16 minutes. Come on somebody. He believed God for 16 years. He hated and despised his Malta. His circumstances. But a Temecula come. Did it come when he interpreted that dream? Yes. Did it come when he went to the right hand of Pharaoh? Yes. Did it come when he saved the country of Israel by being wise enough to have enough money to spread around or did it come when it said when he met with his brothers and he cried so loud he had been so broken he had been so despised and he wept so loudly that it said all of Pharaoh's house heard chief Joseph weeping because he was standing before his brothers saying I forgive you what you intended for evil God worked for my good and sent me a of you for the sparing of many lives. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Say Temecula God's going to use you to spare others in your future. And the kings of the Old Testament who armies besieged him on the right and the left and they had no hope. Hezekiah I could go on and on. Their names are forever. This could be a sermon about them. They never knew when there was ten times the amount of armies against him. But God would come and break through. One time he sent an angel among the um, armies of the Arameans. He came in and he struck down 185 thousand of the warriors that had come under Sennacherib and he destroyed them, the Assyrians. He destroyed them in one night. One time he sent the sound of the mulberry bush and he walked in the trees and all of a sudden the enemy got discouraged and turned on themselves. And a Temecula came because God says there are more for you than there are against you. When Elijah was circled around, his servant said we're going to be destroyed and Elijah reached up and touched his eyes and said God let him see what I see and all of a sudden the servant opened his eyes all he had seen was the armies encamped around he and the prophet and they were going to kill him but when he opened his eyes he saw chariots of fire and angels sent from on high with swords drawn numbering thousands of thousands there are more for us than are against us as children of God somebody give the Lord praise And then there is Christ (laughs) who had his year of favor, his year of opposition, his year of ultimate rejection. The fog mist came in that night at Gethsemane. The crazy thing about Gethsemane when you go there that just I've never been able to leave. If you're kneeling there and you have the experience that I did and everyone has a different experience. That you're just weeping so much. And you're just thinking of him and everything he endured in that moment. And um, it's funny because you'll hear children playing in the distance. You'll hear the sounds of horn, you know, different things. And they had a different sound in that day. I, I understand that. But you realize life went on while he faced hell, right? And you realize that in times that your life is going on, other people are hurting so badly. And vice versa. You think of the garden when he prayed, let that cup pass. He despised it. When they beat him beyond recognition, it said, but for the joy set before him, he endured. He endured the ultimate snake bite. And whether you know it or not, this is so interesting, Josh, the way they first developed um, the antidote to snake venom was in a stallion. They'd bring a beautiful stallion out. And I had forgotten about this for years. I used to preach it a lot. The Vernons and others remember it. But they would inject it into a beautiful stallion and he would go all the way down. They would give him a little bit more, and he'd go all the way down, and they kept working and working until one day the stallion would just stand, and he would shake it off, and he would survive. And that's how they developed in the early days, the antidote. There's many other scientific things since then. Jesus encountered the ultimate snake bite as sin fastened itself upon our beautiful Savior's body. Sin fastened it so deep that God himself looked away until Jesus himself said, Oh, Father, Eli, Eli, why have you forsaken me? The hands that had healed, I'm so sorry, Jesus. The hands that had healed the leper. The hands that had stretched out toward the paralytic on the Sabbath. The hands that had stopped the murderous uh, mob against the woman caught in adultery. The hands that had opened blinded eyes the snake fastened itself to his hands until he felt forsaken. You know, we just experienced, I'm almost done, we just experienced an eclipse. You realize the ultimate eclipse was on that day when the earth turned dark. You know, that was so cool, but so fast, wasn't it? The eclipse, it was so cool, but it was so fast. And when the sun came back, I was like, whoa. I thought, how wonderful, Lord. But on that day for three hours, darkness filled the earth scientifically scientist, a spirit-filled scientist who's so incredible to listen to, can't remember his name, he's been on Johnny's show several times, talks about the records that were discovered regarding that. But the world looked on and the hashtag said, he's done. I told you he wasn't God. I told you he was just a man. But Then the Bible says, very early in the morning, came Mary to the tomb to find that the stone had been rolled away. The Spirit of the Lord had formed the greatest Temecula in all of time. And the sun broke through the midst after three days. And the disciples had the ultimate Temecula. And the earth had the ultimate Temecula. And now the hands that endured that are the hands that we reach for every day of our life. when we say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come heal me. Let me remind you Temecula is where the sun breaks through the midst. Will you stand with me this morning right where you are? Would you stand all over this room right where you are? with your eyes shut your hands lifted to heaven are on your heart hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus For the atmosphere is shifting, says the Lord. And I ask you to let your perspective shift with it. Begin to view the mist as a friend on its way to the total brilliance of the sun. Not just the sun breaking through the midst of that as foggy and undetermined and unrecognizable and unwanted. But recognize the glory of the Father, Son, Christ, who is being revealed in you even in this moment. For I, the Spirit of the Lord, speak to you. Shake it off according to my glory. And let me do in you what only I can do. For I have positioned you, says the Spirit of the Lord. And you say to me, You've positioned me, Lord, where I do not want to be. But I, the Lord, say, you say that because you cannot see that. Which I am developing and bringing. Through you and for you and in you. Your life does not belong to yourself. It belongs to me. And through you I am writing my glory, says the Lord. And you will understand as Temecula comes and the sun rises upon every day. You will see that I, the Lord, have been at deep work within you. You will see that I, the Lord, am showing my glory all around. And victory is going to be seen for this mountain that you have encountered, says the Spirit of the Lord. I am moving it in you so others will see. You say, Lord, I don't want to be a voice about this. Lord, I don't want to be a messenger about this. And that's what makes you a perfect candidate for my glory, says the Lord. Because neither did any of my other servants. But today I put my good hand upon you. And I say I will finish that which I started. And you will see my glory, says the Lord. And I will use you in ways you cannot dream or imagine. For the Spirit of the Lord has said it shall be so. Someone just lift your hand and thank Him today. Someone just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him and honor him right where you stand.